Take your Bibles, if you would, and let's open the Word of God to a few places. We're going to start out in John chapter 1. John chapter 1. All right, so let's get your fingers ready to do the walking. Tonight, I have a a message I'd like to share with you, and Lord willing, we will not be long. Brother Chico uh, dropped a hint this afternoon that it's, uh, it's good every once in a while to get out a little early. So, uh, so I don't know. It may happen tonight. We'll see. I did, I did hear that. <laughs> Amen. No, I'm just playing a little bit. We, we, did, we did joke about that, but, uh, you know, he wasn't using any leverage or anything like that. So, anyway, just all in good fun. We enjoyed some fellowship, and uh, it's always a blessing. John chapter 1, if you found your place. Let's stand together for the reading of God's Word, and we'll look at a couple of verses here, and then I'll let you be seated. All right, let's have prayer, and then we're going to read uh, verse 1. Let's pray. Father, how we love you tonight, how we love your Word, and we thank you so much for the opportunity, for the privilege to hold the Word of God in our lap, in our hands, to be able to read it at leisure, anytime we please. Lord, we thank you for that. Special privilege, Lord, there are many around the world that wish they could do what we're doing tonight. And we just thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to get to know you better through your word, to to learn and grow spiritually. And that's exactly the desire we come with tonight to the message. We pray you just help us, speak to us, challenge us, teach us, help us to grow tonight. And so we pray, dear Spirit of God, that you just apply the word to our hearts, open our understanding, Lord, and and, uh, just knit our hearts together. Lord, may we love you more because of the thoughts that we'll share tonight. We know you love us, and we thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. John chapter 1, verse 1, the Bible says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. I want to bring a message tonight simply titled, The Word of God. And I want us to just think about that, that thought as we go through the scriptures tonight. The word of God. Thank you. you. may be seated. And if you have your place, just hold that John chapter 1 and go over, if you will, to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. Sounds like a Christian coffee shop. We're talking about a book of the Bible, Hebrews chapter 4. And look at verse 12, if you will. The Bible says, For the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The word of God. Now go back to John chapter 1, if you will. Notice the Bible says, In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. Verse 4, In him was life. And the life was the light of men. We talked about shining the light last night in our Christmas banquet. And then look at verse 14 now, if you will. Drop down to verse 14. The Bible says, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. What a message. What a verse tonight. These verses teach us something that's very important in the Christian life. They teach us the reality that there is the living word and there is the written word. So tonight we hold in our hands the Bible, the written word of God. 
And yet the Bible says that the word was made flesh. This is what we're celebrating this time of year at Christmas time, the, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who was the word that was made flesh, according to John 1:14, and dwelt among us, the living word of God. The Bible is the written word and Jesus is the living word. Now think about the word of God tonight. In both of those ways, we just have a few thoughts that'll help us just treasure, as we should, the Word of God. Treasure uh, His book and then also treasure His life. Notice first, the Word of God tonight is powerful. We hold in our hands a powerful Word, is it not? Think about the power of the Word of God in your life. What God has done to stir your heart. How God has changed you over the years. How different verses have impacted your thoughts, your actions, your life. The Word of God truly is powerful. Now I'm going to go back to Hebrews chapter 4. We read this verse a moment ago in reference to the written Word of God. And we understand that the Word of God is. It truly is powerful. The Bible says, and it's sharper. Well, it says quick first. It's quick and powerful. By the way, that's why it's powerful. The Word of God, this isn't a dead book right here. This is the living Word. Now, I know the living word is Christ, but I mean the Bible is alive. The words of God come, come alive as they work in our lives. Why? Because they're inspired of God. Because they are living and true. And when we look at this book, the Bible, the Bible says it's living, it's quick, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Notice piercing, even to the dividings asunder of soul and spirit. That's why we experience things like conviction when the Bible is read and the, the Holy Spirit applies it to our life. We, we begin to realize, uh, you know, the things that, that don't line up with the Word of God. We begin to realize things that God wants us to change. It's the power of the Word of God. Notice it says, piercing to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Nothing can reveal our motives and our intentions more than the Word of God. You know, there's no book like this book. This is a powerful word because it's quick, because it's alive, uh, because it's the words of God. This is not like any other book in the library. It's not like another book on the shelf. This Word of God, this written Word, is powerful tonight. It's powerful because of the way it impacts our lives it's powerful because of the truth that it contains. It's powerful because of its far-reaching effects that it reaches lives and souls around the world. This is a powerful word tonight. But if you will, turn with me to John chapter 7. John chapter number 7, the Bible says something about the power of not just the written word, but the power of the living word. John chapter 7 Look with me at verse 46. Then came the officers, excuse me, verse 45. Then came the officers to the chief priests and Pharisees. And they said unto him, why have you not brought him? They were sent out to grab Jesus and bring him back. They came empty handed. And the officers said in verse 46, never a man spake like this man. Never a man spake like this man. And so these soldiers were sent out to arrest Jesus. They come back with a deer in the headlights. Look, empty-handed. They have no 
They have no criminal, no accused. And the magistrates say to them, what, where, where is he? You were supposed to bring him back. And all they could say is, wow, never a man spake like this man. Powerful words that Jesus proclaimed and preached. Hey, can you imagine being a, a fly on the wall just a little bit, hearing Jesus speak? There are times when the Bible records his message like the Beatitudes. When Jesus gave us Matthew 5, 6, and 7 and talked about the kingdom of God and, and the life of the believers and the saints. Uh, powerful, beautiful words contained in that message, the Sermon on the Mount. And, and uh, we have some wonderful things recorded. Other areas where, where Jesus spoke boldly and with power. And then there are occasions where he taught and preached and there isn't a word of his message recorded. But either way, we know the Bible says that God's word will not return void, but it will accomplish that which he pleases and it will prosper in the thing whereto he has sent it. Now, I know I, I didn't have that in my notes, but let's turn there. I want you to see that Bible promise in Isaiah chapter 55. Turn to Isaiah chapter 55. And notice verse 11, Isaiah 55, 11 says, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. And it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Now, you know, that's why it's so important that you and I speak the word of God when, when, when we are nudged and when we're, when we're impressed of the Lord to do so. Because God is sending his word forth. God is accomplishing his work in this world. And God, on occasion, wants to speak through you, just as he did through the prophet Isaiah. And when God's word goes forth, dear friends, you and I have that same promise. That God's word will not return void, but it will accomplish that which he pleases. And it will prosper in the thing whereto he sends it. The word of God is powerful, whether we're talking about the written word tonight. And it's just as good when it's quoted as it is when it's read. Or whether we're talking about the living word tonight. Emmanuel, who came to die for us. The Lord Jesus in his person is powerful. The word of God is powerful tonight. But not only that, the word of God is precious. Would you turn with me to 1 Samuel? Notice what the Bible says. Again, this is about the written word. But the Bible records this truth in those days, the days of 1 Samuel chapter 3. <clears throat> the Bible says in verse 1, this was when Samuel was a child, and it says, The child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. The word of the Lord was precious in those days. Well, it's, it's uh, in context, we'll really go back to that point and we see that the word of God was not plentiful, right? And think about the days before we had a printed copy of the Bible that everyone could hold. But think about the days when, when if, you, if you heard the Bible, you had to go somewhere and hear it read. Think about the days in history when the Bible was chained to the pulpit or it was carried around uh, by the preacher or priest and someone had to attend a service like this to even hear the Bible. The Bible is rare in those, in those moments of time, those occasions. And you know, it makes it, it makes it precious when you have 
just a little bit of it, when you, when, you, when you don't find it to be plentiful. But you know, the Bible doesn't have to be scarce to be precious. The Word of God is precious because of what it is, because of what it contains. The Word of God is precious because of who gave it and, you know, who it's from. You know, the Bible is described as a love letter from God, and you and I ought to read it like that, with that same attentiveness, with that same affection, uh, with that same intention. You know, you don't read a love letter real quick and just throw it away. No, you read a love letter and you, you get all zoned into it. The kind of zoned in that when people are talking in the room, you just kind of forget they're there. Right? We need to get that plugged into God's Word. And then when we have a love letter, what do we do? We go back and we read it again and read it again and read it again. And this is how we need to handle the Bible, how we need to read it. It should be precious to us because of what it contains, because of who wrote it, because of where it came from. Notice in 2 Peter, if you would, 2 Peter chapter 1. We're talking about the written word, 2 Peter chapter 1. Notice what the Bible says in verses 20 and 21. Let's back up and catch verse 19. It says, We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that you take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star rise in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Now, this is a powerful passage of Scripture. It assures us and it reminds us that the Word of God is, in fact, the Word of God. That it was given by inspiration, that God gave it to holy men of old. It also tells us in verse 19, we have a more sure word. Well, Peter's talking about his own experience with Christ. And yet, at the same time, Peter, the man of God who walked with Jesus, he's telling us that the Bible is more accurate than your experience. We have a more sure word of prophecy. If you can rely more on the Bible than you can your own experience, that tells us how precious the word of God is, how accurate, how powerful it is. What a verse of scripture. But I want you to notice in 1 Peter chapter 2, turn back to the beginning or, or to the first book of Peter. 1 Peter chapter 2, notice what he says in verse 7. Let's catch verse 6. Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone. Remember, that was Jesus. Elect, precious. And he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Verse 7, Unto you therefore which believe, he is precious. But unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. So unto you, therefore, that believe, he is precious. We're talking about the written word of God, and the written word of God tonight is precious. Yet at the same time, the living word of God that came to be among us, that came to die on the cross, to give himself a ransom for us. Oh, listen tonight, he is precious. Why is he precious? Oh, he's precious because he did for me what I could not do for myself. He's precious because he paid a debt that, that, that I could not pay. He's precious to me because he came where I was, right? He lifted me up out of that miry pit of sin, and he set my feet on a solid rock, the rock of himself, the Lord Jesus Christ. 
uh, that chief cornerstone. Oh, isn't he precious tonight? If you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, oh, how precious he is. How wonderful he is uh, to you as you think about what he's done for you and how he loves you and how he's lifted you. I think of all the songs and all the songwriters that have tried to describe how precious Jesus is. Love lifted me, one, one of them said. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry, right? And he lifted me, now safe am I. Love lifted me. Oh, Jesus lifted us. How precious is the written word and the living word, the Lord Jesus Christ. But not only is the word of God powerful and precious, I want to close tonight with this thought. The word of God for us is profitable. It's profitable. Turn with me, if you would, to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Another powerful passage of Scripture. Again, referencing the written word of God. And notice what the Bible has to say. 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. You know, it's the written word of God that furnishes our life, that helps us grow and supplies those things that are needful so that you and I can be what God wants us to be, so that we can be what God has commanded us to be, so that we can be what God has called us to be. God doesn't call the qualified. God qualifies the called, and he does it through the written word of God. How profitable that is to us. And this scripture contains that truth. It tells us that the the word of God, it is the word of God, the written word that furnishes our life with the equipment, the things that we need to do his will. Not only that, but the living word also is profitable to us. Turn back to John chapter 3, if you would. 2 Timothy 3.16 talks about the written word of God, but John 3.16 talks about the living word of God. In John 3 and verse 16, the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Why? Because verse 17 says, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Oh, listen, the Lord Jesus is profitable. He's profitable to you. He's profitable to me because the truth tonight is that none of us could get to heaven without him. The Bible says, and God said that he sent the Lord Jesus, that the world through him by his means, not by our means, that we might be saved and that we might enter in to heaven's glory. Now, the Lord is profitable for salvation. I'll add this little, uh, this little note, a little footnote to that. If you'll look at John chapter 14, I quoted these verses this morning. But in John 14, Jesus said to the disciples concerning their salvation, he said, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, 
there you may be also. And whither I go, you know, and the way, you know. And Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus is profitable for salvation. He is the door by which we may enter heaven's gates. But not only is Jesus profitable for salvation, footnote number two, he is profitable for service. Would you notice in 1 Timothy chapter 1 with me? 1 Timothy chapter 1 as we go back into the New Testament. Notice what Paul said. This is a beautiful passage of scripture as we think about the gifts and abilities, the eloquence, the power of the apostle Paul and and his magnificent service and his great effectiveness uh, to start New Testament churches all over the known world. Look what he gives credit to. He says, this is why I was able to do all of that. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, in verse 12, Paul himself said, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. So Paul's own testimony was that by all of uh, those things he had accomplished, it was the Lord Jesus Christ who enabled him. He enabled him to go and do those things. He enabled him to preach. He enabled him to start churches. He enabled him to disciple believers. He enabled him to endure persecution and affliction and hardship and to have the endurance that he did. Oh, listen, the living word, the word of God is profitable. Isn't God good? Notice in Hebrews chapter 11, I want to give you a couple more verses on the word of God. And we'll close with this. Hebrews like for you to see these so that they'll be precious to you. Hebrews chapter 11, the great hall of faith. Notice in verse 3, the Bible says, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. We see the galaxy and the cosmos. We understand the science of things But our faith tells us where that came from. We understand through faith that the worlds were framed by the word of God when in the book of Genesis, God said, let there be. And there was. The word of God is powerful tonight. Not only that, 1 Peter chapter 1 tells us also, 1 Peter chapter 1, look with me at verse 23. Notice the Bible says, being born again, Not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Oh, listen, the word of God is precious, because through the words of God, whether spoken during his life or rather written in his word, the written, the the word of God, that precious word is what enabled us. It's what stirred our heart. It's what brought conviction. It's what allowed the Holy Spirit to do his work within so that you and I might be born again into the family of God. All that incorruptible seed, the word of God tonight. Hey, you hold it in your lap. Let's love God's word. Let's treasure God's word, the written and the living. Let's embrace the Lord and all who he is and what he's given us in his word. Let's pray together. Father, how we love you tonight, how we thank you for the word of God, the word of God that's been so richly written, 
and preserved through time, down through the years, copy after copy. We thank you also, Lord, for the word of God which was spoken in your lifetime. And we have many of those occasions recorded in Scripture. We thank you for the living word, the fact that you became Emmanuel, God among us. And Lord, you gave yourself that we might live. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God. Oh, how we thank you. And because of that, Lord, tonight you are precious to us. And we thank you for both the written and the living word. May they ever be dear to our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.